You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Trenchley for Wahoo's 24-7. And it's been a little while, so I hope everyone had a good holiday break, had a good time with your families and had fun. Um, we are still dealing with the aftermath of Christmas morning in our house. We still have toys a little bit of everywhere with both of my kids, but it was definitely a, a nice and relaxing time. Um, after the rush of early signing day, those last few weeks uh, before, you know, with all the visitors and commitments, it was a nice uh, couple of weeks break there uh, around here. So I hope you guys also took some time with your family and took a nice breather because it's going to start picking up again because not only do we have – you know, we had transfers on grounds last weekend for football, but also basketball is in the middle of the ACC schedule and is about to pick up with the ACC tournament coming up and also with the NCAA tournament as well. And as you remember from football season, we were on the road for a lot of those games and we will also be on the road for both the ACC tournament and we'll be on the road with Virginia basketball as far as they go. So if they'll go to final four, we'll be going to the final four as well. So we are going to focus on basketball on this episode. I know a lot of you probably have a lot of recruiting questions and I will have a recruiting show next Tuesday to kind of rehash some of the top storylines from the Judah day. They'll be happening this Saturday in Charlottesville. Virginia will be welcoming a couple of underclassmen. And then I will also break down a couple of the big storylines as Virginia kind of looks towards the February signing day. But We're going to focus on the basketball team. And that's my hope moving forward on this podcast is to have equal basketball and football as basketball season is right in the thick of things. So we are going to move on a Tuesday, Thursday schedule. One will be football focused, um, especially with the recruits recruiting and then looking forward to spring football. And then one will be basketball focused. And then obviously with things picking up in basketball with possibly how things going to go on the road, then maybe we'll adjust the schedule. But for right now, it's Tuesday and Thursday moving forward with the podcast episode. So on Tuesday night, Virginia basketball surged in the second half to beat North Carolina 50, 65 to 58. So I'm going to do just like I do with football. I'm going to put the box score up onto the screen here on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll have that on the screen. But If you are not on YouTube and you're just watching this, um, if you're just listening this to wherever you listen to your podcast, that I will have this on Wahoo's 24-7. I also tweeted it on social media at at Jackie Frank underscore. But I also um, will kind of talk about the kind of the the main stats that we're going to look at. So this was a, a game that kind of showed a couple of the things that we've been seeing 
through the mid through like kind of this season from Virginia. It was again, it felt like a Jekyll and Hyde type of performance for Virginia basketball. That's something that we've been kind of seeing a couple times this season. Uh, you know, you can go with all the cliches you want, Jekyll and Hyde, tails of two halves, what have you. And that's what we saw in this Virginia basketball game. Now, when I say tail two halves, it's honestly a tail two offenses because that was the main problem. That's been, you know, they've been plagued a little bit by scoring droughts that allow teams to get back in. It was the reason why Syracuse, that was down by double digits, was able to claw back and make it into a game late the last time Virginia played. And again, that's the reason why North Carolina kind of hung around and actually led at the break was because that they were able to kind of hold on because Virginia had that long bit of scoring droughts in the first half. They weren't able to have consistent performances in that offense. Um, and honestly, even with everything going on in the second half, it felt like they left a lot of points on the board. They they left a ton at the rim, and they also left a ton at the line. So obviously free throw shooting was not the best for this team. Um, let me take a look here. Free throws, it was 58% for Virginia. Armand Franklin didn't have the best at the charity slide, at the charity stripes going four of seven. But we'll talk about Armand Franklin here in just a second because although you're looking at that and saying, oh, four of seven is not great, but at the same time, he had some good moments, and I like what he's been doing the last two games specifically for Armand. So we'll talk about Armand Franklin in just a second. But just the overall story for this game. Um, the one thing I did like about this game was something that they missed against Pittsburgh was they didn't have that grit. They didn't have that physicality that you would expect um, and what you need when you face ACC matchup and what you need if you're going to go have a long run in the MCAA tournament, especially with certain matchups that Virginia might likely face in a tournament setting. They showed grit. They showed physicality. Some they didn't show Pitt. They were going through contact, attacking the rim. Specifically, Armin Franklin was one of those guys that you saw that a little bit more of. And so that was something that really stood out because that was something that Tony Bennett said, even after that pit game that they, they didn't, they weren't blue collar enough for pit. Um, they didn't show that physicality and grit and then that toughness that they needed. And they showed that against North Carolina. I know a lot of people are going to be saying, well, UNC missed their best player um, inside. Yeah, but you, they still had to win. I, I always hate when people say, well, there's an asterisk to this one because of this, because of that. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, you have to still win the game and you have to see the, the way they won the game. And what I liked was when you look at how Virginia won the game, they won because they adjusted. Tony Bennett made some great adjustments in the game by going small. When Justin McCoy came into the game, by the way, JPJ was really letting McCoy know how much they loved him with those boos. That was that was actually very consistent. You got to give JPJ credit. That was very consistent how they handled McCoy. So by going small, by going Kihei Clark, Reese, Reese Beekman, and then Isaac McNeely, Armand Franklin, um, who would have thought he was going to be <laughs> forward, and then Vanderplas at the five, that allowed them to create more space Um and I don't know, like, if this is going to be a lineup that we we kind of see a lot of because this is a, certainly a matchup specific lineup. But it did allow the Cavaliers to space the floor and give them more room to operate inside the arc. So North Carolina was, was kind of scrambling on the defensive side, and also they were trying to figure out what to do from their bench to kind of 
stop this UVA offense. So that was really smart of Virginia. And honestly, that's kind of what sparked this second half offense for Virginia. Obviously, Ben Vanderplas was the big story. He was been struggling the last four games coming into this game. Only shot, only had 14 points in the last four games. And then in that second half, when they went to that small lineup, he was able to score 14 of his 17 points. He only had one triple in that first half towards the end of that first half, which kind of started that little bit of a spark and a little bit of a run for Virginia. He also had eight rebounds and three blocks. But what was crucial there, too, was he was he actually played a good defensively as well for the Cavaliers. Jalen Washington was causing them a little bit of a headache in that first half specifically. He had 12 points in that first half. And then when Ben Vanderplas was defending him and not allowing the not not losing those one-on-one mashups again, Washington, Washington only had one point in the second half. So again, I like the fact that Tony Bennett one adjusted, but also his willingness to play the hot hand. He didn't take Isaac McNeely and Ben Vanderplas out of the game for I think they both played about 15 consecutive minutes each, 15, 16 minutes. And that was big because, you know, they he left Jaden Garner and Caden Shadrick on the bench. And usually he he kind of goes with Jaden Garner in uh, similar games. But he decided to keep those guys there. And, I mean, IMAC, you know, we, you know Tony Bennett said that he wanted to kind of get the the breaks off. And he, he did. He was getting those big shots. He had 11 points. He came up big in some big moments. He had that big three down the stretch. They got to help extend the link. Ben Vanderplas. I mean, he got that steal and breakaway dunk. Um, so again, he Tony Bennett was willing to keep those guys in there. So again, that was another good thing to see for Virginia. Um, and just talking about that offense again, before those two kind of went a little hot, UVA's offense had 29 points in the first 24 minutes. And then they had 20 points in the last five minutes. So that was kind of the, the 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 big story for Virginia. But then you look at Armand Franklin, who probably didn't get as much headlines from this game as you know many would kind of talk about because of this the performances of Ben Vanderblas and Isaac McNeely. But what I liked about Ben Vanderplas, what I mean, what I liked about Armand Franklin was the fact that when he noticed he wasn't making those outside shots, what he did was he decided to go more inside. And that's when he kind of attacked the rim. And that's when um, he kind of pushed through contact. And at the end, he had 12 points, nine rebounds, and three blocks. And played pretty well defensively, too. So I know he didn't have a good day on the line. But again... He adapted, and he is showing his confidence to do that, and he made some big plays for Virginia when they needed some good defensive stops when they needed, and that's something North Carolina didn't do. It'll be interesting to see, again, if Virginia kind of moves back to the small ball lineup, but it was great to see Franklin in that lineup kind of diversify his offensive attack, um, scored inside the arc, um, realized his three-point ball wasn't falling, so he went with another way. and. I want to know if he kind of uses that hook shot and post up a little bit more moving forward. So Armand Franklin also had a, a, a good, good game for the Cavaliers. So that was a good win for Virginia. Showed a couple progressions that you want to see from this Cavaliers team. You also saw Reese Speakman 
looking more at full health. He was dealing with that hamstring injury that didn't allow him to have those bursts, but he did show that burst in a couple of the plays, especially those steals and then those fast break buckets. So it was good to see him healthy. So we're going to take a quick break, but then on the way back, we're going to talk about what this means moving forward for the Cavaliers. What are some of the things that we've been noticing as a theme for this team and what do they need to do to progress as ACC schedule gets a little tougher? We're in the knee. We're in the middle of the conference play. And then obviously look ahead to that tournament in March. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack French, for a while. It was 24-7. So before the break, we kind of just broke down mostly the North Carolina win for the Cavalier basketball team. But we're going to focus a little bit about kind of the bigger picture of where this team stands as far as their, their progress, because it's been kind of an up and down season for them. They've been a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, all the cliches that you want to say that they haven't been consistent. And that's been the big story. They have not been consistent. So what happens moving forward? What does it need? What do they need to happen moving forward? Now, the couple of things that you can take away from the last few games is obviously Reese Beekman hasn't been healthy, has not been completely 100%. He had a, you know, a, an ankle injury that he was dealing with and he went with a hamstring injury. And so with Reese Beekman, who's undoubtedly your best defender, undoubtedly your most consistent defender, not being 100%, you can see why the team has not been, you know, consistent because your best player who is the most consistent on your team has not been able to be uh, at his best. So you saw him playing at almost full health against North Carolina. You've already saw a little bit of the difference on the defensive side of the ball. That was definitely something that you can tell during the game with North Carolina that there were sounder more defensively against the Tar Heels than they were in the previous games when Reese Beekman wasn't at full health. So that is something that, you know, moving forward will be good for this team. But again, you you need other players on this team to also be consistent enough on the defensive side of the ball. So that is definitely something that you look forward to for Virginia. And that's something that this team really needs to be more consistent defensively, but they have improved each game. They are becoming each game. While the offense is something that you can still see those big scoring droughts now. In the game against North Carolina, that small lineup definitely had some uh, allowed them some production and allowed them to kind of take advantage of UNC's issues from the bench and because they had two of their best players on the bench. But you, Virginia still doesn't have that consistent offensive lineup. You know, 
They went with Reese Beekman, Kihei Clark, Armand Franklin, Isaac McNeely, but that's not their usual lineup. Usually, you know, you have Jaden Garner and Caden Shendrick in that lineup. And those are the two players that were restricted for the final 15 minutes on the bench. So, again, you don't expect them to go small lineup the whole time because it really is about the matchup that they play. So how will this lineup for Virginia offensively move forward to have that consistent offensive production? Because they they still had those scoring drafts, which allowed UNC to take the lead and allowed other teams like Syracuse to come back from a double-digit deficit. So that is obviously something that Tony Bennett will still have to kind of factor in moving forward and trying to figure out how can they get more consistency in their shooting. And then Caden Shedrick has improved from last season. I, I like the fact that there are times where he is aggressive underneath the rim and getting and getting those rebounds, but he's passed up some mid-range shots um, to go for an extra pass. So it feels like he needs to get that confidence a little bit in his shot. The major things for Virginia basketball moving forward is to continue to get better defensively. Isaac Manili is getting more comfortable in the pack line. You've got Ben Vanderplas getting a little bit more comfortable, obviously coming in as a transfer. It takes a while to adjust, but unlike other transfers in the Tony Bennett program, you know, guys like Anthony Gill did not have that Richard season. He was able eligible right away. So he's still adjusting to the pack line and Tony Bennett's the way Tony Bennett works through a program, but get consistency from Ben Vanderplas. Figure out the best defensive lineman, lineup because we're still not that the best lineup for Virginia. We're still not having that consistency week in, week out. Armand Franklin is certainly showing some good progression. He is showing a willingness to adapt how he plays and his versatility on the offensive side if his shots on from the three is not going in. That's a great progression. Seeing Armand Franklin continuing to do that. Reese Beekman and Kihei Clark are are still two of the most important players for Virginia when it comes to closing out a win. We saw that when Reese Beekman was not playing, Kihei Clark stepped in that role, and we saw Reese Beekman again do it for Virginia against the Tar Heels. So right now for this Virginia team to succeed, they need to find that consistency from everybody. And Tony Bennett will need to figure out a good rotation, which is still trying to figure out what this team looks like. Kind of figuring out what identity does this UVA basketball team has. So moving forward, Virginia will hit the road. They'll be in Tallahassee on Saturday where they will play Florida State. So that'll be a tough road game for Virginia. And obviously, again, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we will come back here next week to talk about Virginia basketball. But we also will have coverage from this weekend as Virginia football recruiting picks up as well. So Again, thanks again for listening this week. And I'm glad that we're we're kind of back here, kind of a little bit rusty after not doing this for, for two weeks. So bear with me on that one. But uh, again, we'll be back here on Tuesday where we rehash some big, big recruiting headlines for Virginia football. And uh, what do you know? Maybe there'll be an offensive line coach announced. Maybe. So I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and have a good weekend. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the South Side. 
Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.